Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Thank you once again for listening and tuning in every single week to hear what I have to say about the supernatural and the occult and anything that I can kind of think of in the horror realm. Now the last few weeks we have been looking at the personifications of death and what they mean to certain cultures around the world and how they are personified, if that wasn't clear. Last week, we looked at a few of the Celtic religious beliefs or regional personifications of death, and today we're going to continue that, but of course, you guessed it, some housekeeping to get out of the way. As always, as I said already, thank you for listening. You're the reason I do this. I get up in the morning and I think, today's the day I'm going to record a podcast for everybody who listens. And it keeps me going, it really does. I also want to give a shout out to Kristen Zaza and her podcast... On a dark, cold night, it reached its 50th episode, so I want to give a great big shout out and congratulations to her for hitting such a impressive milestone. 50 episodes is nothing to kind of shake a stick at, and she's done it within roughly a year, so congratulations to her. It's a great podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. You can check it out at kristenzaza.com. All the links and everything you need to know is on her website there. However, if it's some more information about me and what I do that kind of tickles your fancy, then you can always check me out at horrorshots.com, where I will have blog posts sometimes when I can find the time to do it, as well as some prints for sale in my shop. If you want to contact me, you can contact me through there as well. Or if you're more inclined to social media, I'm on Twitter at horrorshotspod or Instagram at horrorshotsphotography. Furthermore, I do have a Patreon account. There's absolutely no obligation for you to sign up for that, but if you are feeling generous and you want to throw a few bucks my way for doing what I do here, you're more than welcome to. And that's at uh, patreon.com slash horrorshots. Now with all that out of the way, we can finally get onto the cast at hand. And that cast today is going to be featuring the Scandinavian, or more specifically, Norse mythological personification of death in the shape of none other than Hell the goddess of death, and the ruler over the realm of the same name. Now, she didn't receive every single soul that died, but she did receive a good portion of them. In the times of the Black Plague, death would often be depicted as an old woman known by the name of Pesta, meaning plague hag. She wore a black hood, and she would go into town carrying either a rake or a broom. If she brought the rake, some people would survive the plague. If she brought the broom, however, everyone would die. So let's get to know Hell a little bit better, shall we? Hell is attested in the Poetic Edda, compiled in the 13th century from earlier traditional sources, and the Prose Edda, written in the 13th century by Snorri Sturlson. In addition, she is mentioned in poems recorded in Heimskringla and Eglis Saga that date from the 9th and 10th centuries, respectively. An episode in the Latin work Gesta Denmora written in the 12th century by Saxo Grammaticus, is generally considered to refer to hell, 
and hell may appear in various migration period bracteates. In the Poetic Edda, Prose Edda, and Heimskringla, hell is referred to as a daughter of Loki. In the Prose Edda book Gilfening, hell is described as having been appointed by the god Odin as the ruler of the realm of the same name, located in Niflheim. In the same source, her appearance is described as half-blue and half-flesh-colored, and further having a gloomy, downcast appearance. The prose edda details that Hel rules over the vast mansions, with many servants in her underworld realm, and plays a key role in the attempted resurrection of the god, Baldur. Scholarly theories have been proposed about Hel's potential connection to figures appearing in the 11th century Old English Gospel of Nicodemus and Old Norse Bartholomus Saga Postola, that she may have been considered a goddess with potential Indo-European parallels in Bahavani, Kali, and Makali, or that Hel may have become a being only as a late personification of the location of the same name. The poetic Edda, compiled in the 13th century as mentioned earlier, features various poems that mention Hel. In the poetic Edda poem, Valuspa, Hell's realm is referred to as the Halls of Hell. In stanza 31 of Grimismal, Hell is listed as living beneath one of the three roots growing from the world tree. The hero Sigurd stands before the mortally wounded body of the dragon Fafnir and states that Fafnir lies in pieces where, quote, Hell can take him, unquote. In Atamal, the phrases Hell has half of us and sent off to hell are used in reference to death, though it could be reference to the location and not the being, or potentially even both. In stanza 4 of Baldur's Dramuar, Odin rides towards the High Hall of Hell. Hell may also be alluded to in Hamos Ismal. Death is paraphrased as Joy of the Troll Woman, or Ogress, and, ostensibly, it is hell being referred to as a troll woman, or the ogre, although it may otherwise be some unspecified dis. Hell is also referred to in the Prose Edda, written in the 13th century by Snorri Sorlsson, as mentioned previous. In chapter 34 of the book, Gilfinning, Hell is listed by High as one of three children of Loki and Angerboa, the wolf Fenir, the serpent Jorgmangar, and Hell. High continues that once the gods found these three children are being brought up in the lands of Jutenheim, and when the gods traced prophecies that from these three siblings great mischief and disaster would arise for them, then the gods expected a lot of trouble from the three children, partially due to the nature of the mother of the children, yet were so due to the nature of their father, like father, like son, sins of the father, whatever you want to call it. It does appear that they do have that sort of morality in some of these old Scandinavian tales. High also says that Odin sent the gods to gather the children and bring them to him. Upon their arrival, Odin threw Jormungar into the deep sea that lies around all lands. Odin threw Hel into Niflheim and bestowed upon her authority over nine worlds, and that she must administer board and lodging to those sent to her, and that is those who die of sickness or old age. High details that... In this realm, Hell has great mansions with extremely high walls and immense gates, a hall called Yulsinor, a dish called Hunger, a knife called Famine, the servant Ganglati, 
or Old Norse for lazy walker, the serving maid Ganglo, also lazy walker, the entrance threshold stumbling block, the bed, sick bed, and the curtains gleaming bale. Hyde describes Hell as half black and half flesh colored, adding that this makes her easily recognizable, and furthermore, that Hall is rather downcast and fierce looking. In chapter 49, Hyde describes the events surrounding the death of the god Baldur. The goddess Frigg asks, Who among the Aesir will earn all her love and favor by riding to Hell, the location, to try to find Baldur, and offers Hell herself a ransom? The god Hermathir volunteers and sets off upon the eight-legged horse, Selpnir, to Hell. Hermthur arrives in Hell's Hall, finds his brother Baldur there, and stays the night. The next morning, Hermthor begs Hell to allow Baldur to ride home with him, and tells her about the great weeping of the Asir. Hell says the love people have for Baldir that Hemthor has claimed must be tested, stating, if all things in the world alive or dead weep for him, then he will be allowed to return to the Asir. If anyone speaks against him or refuses to cry, then he will remain in hell. Later in the chapter, after the female Uten Thok refuses to weep for the dead Baldur, she responds in verse by ending it with, Let hell hold what she has. In chapter 51, High describes the events of Ragnarok and details that when Loki arrives at the field of Vigsnor, all of hell's people will arrive with him. In chapter 5 of the prose at a book, Hell is mentioned in a kenning for Baldur, who's Hell's companion. In chapter 16, he's relative, or a father, is given as a keening for Loki. In chapter 50, Hell is referenced to join the company of the quite monstrous wolf sister in the skaldic poem Ragnarstrapa. Hell has also been referenced in the Heimskringla, Written in the 13th century, again by Snorri Sturlson. Hell is referred to, though, never by name. In chapter 17, the king Digvi dies of sickness. A poem from the 9th century that forms the basis of the Yinglaga saga is then quoted that describes hell taking of Digvi. Quote, I doubt not but Digvi's corpse hell does hold to whore with him, for Ulf's sib a scion of kings, by right should, careless in death, to love lured, Loki's sister, Yngvi's heir, or all Sweden. In chapter 45, a section from the Yinglingtal is given which refers to Hell as Ho's warder, meaning guardian of the graves, and as taking King Hofdan Hivdipian from life. In chapter 46, King Eistin Halfdansen dies by being knocked overboard by a sail yard. A section from Yingling et al. follows, describing that Eistin fared to hell. In chapter 47, the deceased Eistin's son, Halfdan, dies of an illness, and the excerpt provided in the chapter describes his fate thereafter, a portion of which references hell. Loki's child, from life summoned to her thing, the third liege lord, when Halfdan of Holtar Farm, left the life allotted to him. In a stanza from the Yinglingatal, recorded in chapter 72 of the Heimskringla book, Saga of Halred Sigurdsson, given to hell, is again used as a phrase referring to death. 
And lastly, in the Iglis Saga, the Icelander saga Iglis Saga contains the poem Sonoratrak. The saga attributes the poem to the 10th century skald, Egil Skallagrimsson, and writes that it was composed by Egil after the death of his son Gunnar. The final stanza of the poem contains a mention of hell, though not by name. Now my course is tough. Death, close sister of Odin's enemy, stands on the ness. With resolution and without remorse, I will gladly await my own. So as you can see, hell is fairly well known within the circles of the Scandinavian mythology, be it Norse, Swedish, or even Icelandic. She is essentially the Scandinavian Grim Reaper, to an extent. So long as your death falls a certain way, you may be greeted by hell. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, kind of undetermined. Of course, she is depicted in movies such as Thor Ragnarok as Hela, or being the very, very bad person that she is and wants to take over the world, locked away by Odin, all that kind of stuff. However, there's always creative liberties taken when Hollywood comes into play. Now, I know this episode was a little bit shorter, but to be completely honest, I was very much struggling with some of these words. The Icelandic and Scandinavian languages have very foreign names to me. And as much as I studied this sort of stuff in the past, I've always had trouble with words that have about 27 letters in them. So the pronunciation may be completely off, and uh, I do apologize if I've offended anybody of the Scandinavian culture of the pronunciation of the words. I tried my best. I did my best. The alphabet's completely different than the English one for the most part, and yeah. So hopefully you did enjoy this one. Like I said, I know it's a little bit shorter. I do apologize for that, but I do hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments or concerns or questions, feel free to reach out. And as always, if you do like what you heard, please drop a review. Those help me so much, and it would be great to hear what you have to say about what I'm putting out there. So until next time.